hello and welcome to episode number 75 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. So on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about engineering projects for the future. So we're talking specifically about the skills needed to work in these sorts of teams. And while the context will be engineering projects, really many, many of the things will be transferable to pretty well any other form of modern technical endeavor that uh, that, maybe you, you, um, that may form part of a virtual team environment. So as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the All Fire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, please feel free, of course, to sign up for our regular newsletter or to subscribe to the um, to the podcast itself. Um, the more subscribers we have, the better we rank, and the more interesting, hopefully, the more interesting this will all start to become. So by way of background, my own technical background, my own, my own background that brought me to specialise in virtual teams was as an engineer. So I worked for 30-something years in engineering projects all over the world, um, initially co-located, large team, one spot, everybody working together, and then in more recent years, virtual teams through their early days through into many of their modern conceptual structures. Um, I've seen good, bad and decidedly ugly versions of virtual teams over the years. And it was really through the experiences that I've had and the observations that I've had that I got very motivated to be to try and build a more of a structured understanding of how virtual teams function so that uh, so that I could share that with everybody else and uh, and through that wish to share really was where the all fire business and this uh, this whole venture started from so if you go back um, to the 80s now again this is talking from an engineering perspective but really many other industries have gone through much the same in the 80s, and be- well, before the 80s, most work was done manually. It was pen, paper and pencil, sitting at a desk, lots and lots of people, everybody go to the one office, do their work, go home at the end of the day, uh, rinse and repeat, back the next day, back the day afterwards. Very structured, very, very large teams of people doing the work. During the 80s, a lot of automation started to come in, a lot of computers began to appear into the workplace. So in the engineering space, you saw drawing boards disappear and drawing computers start to come in in their place. The first databases, the first associated tools all started to appear and largely also um, a, a shrinkage of the technical workforce. So as the tools became better and the quality of the output from the tools became more consistent, there was less of a need to have as many people in the workplace as there had been previously. So then moving into the 90s, the tools continued to improve, the engineering design tools, 
And then, then we also started to see the penetration of communications. So early 90s, you started to see email starting to become um, accessible in most business environments. By the end of the 90s, of course, email was pretty well everywhere. You also started to see the the speeding up of modems and um, early fax machines, slow electronic transmission of data. Internet traffic started to become a little more affordable, a little more accessible. Email started to become a bit better. You started to get some formal protocols that would let you move documentation and move files around the world. So by and large, technology got to the point where we could move the data reasonably quickly. So during the 90s, you then started to see the first virtual teams being tried and tested by businesses. People had actually tried it earlier than that, but it had been through shipping piles of documentation around the world, and it was just slow, painful, extremely inefficient, and led to an awful lot of really, really disastrous outcomes for the jobs that they were involved with. Whereas during the 90s, that started to become less of a problem. It also started to become easier to communicate. And the communication between people had been one of the things that had been holding it back. The simple cost and access to telephony and uh, and so forth during the 80s and early 90s started to disappear during the late part of the 90s. A lot of people started to have mobile phones. It was a heck of a lot easier to, to talk to pretty well anybody. You still didn't have video. You'd, it was harder to have really synchronous and really effective desktop sharing of documentation, but at least the progress was happening. During the 2000s, then in the early days of the 2000s, the technology got bigger and better and faster and faster, and it became easier and easier for organisations to genuinely start to move work and to communicate more effectively around around the world. So it was the convergence of technologies. It was the maturing of the design technologies. It was the maturing of the communication technologies. And it was also organizations starting to become willing to to move along that path. As you get a little later on in the 2000s, you get mid-2000 and, well, say it's 2006, somewhere around there. In the engineering space, the um, the scale of projects started to become much larger. There were many more projects going on around the world, and it be- and it went from being a a luxury or a nice to have to use a virtual team to being an absolute essential, simply because you couldn't get enough people where you wanted them when you needed them. The teams had got smaller over the eighties and nineties. You didn't have that flexibility of a larger workforce where you could move people backwards and forwards in one place. So you started to have to move the information around to the people rather than move the people. You're not going to upload, up, root and relocate 500 people from one office to another to do a piece of work when you can send 500 people's worth of work to them and then just manage them remotely. We also, of course, during the 2000s, we started to see um, really, really good, robust, efficient, cost-effective video conferencing. We got also access to common shared servers. We got the cloud came in and so forth. So again, convergence. We had the technology for the technical work. We had the technology for the communications. We had the scale of the work itself. We had the de- the decline of the workforce in the home office, first world locations where this work historically had been done. 
So simply it was it was the right tools and the right approach at the right time. So the work then started to move around a lot more fluidly. And organizations jumped on it to the point where they were it became the norm. So every project pretty much now is done or at least considered from a virtual team perspective where work will be done in multiple locations is the expectation. However, in going through all of this, a lot of what's been forgotten and a lot of what's been overlooked has been the human side of all of this. So you've got lots of technical people, and again, engineering is the space that I'm talking to this from, but you've got lots of technical people from all sorts of other industries in similar situations who've got lots of technical skills but often don't have the communication skills that they need to be able to effectively work with people who are not located with them. So they may not have the um, they may not have the cultural skills and the cultural knowledge and awareness that they may need. They may not have the communication skills. They may not, and for many cases, do not have the comfort in working in an in an environment where ambiguity is much higher and much more common. For a lot of people working in technical spaces, everything is black and white. The answer is right or wrong. The input is right or wrong. So when you suddenly find yourself working in with humans in an environment where there isn't just one right or wrong answer, there are multiple potentially nearly right answers um, where you can't have you can't spend all of your time then running around in a in a virtual space. You just do not have the ability then to move around and check with people all the time. So you have to have a higher level of trust as well that the people who are doing the work for you, wherever they may, may be located, are doing that work effectively and efficiently and to the standards and requirements that you've placed on them. So the world has moved a lot in the last 30 years. So we now find ourselves in this environment where where it's standard to move work around the world, where we've got highly skilled technicians and technical people in many, many locations that we have a lot of access to and these people have a lot of experience as well that they've built up over the last 10 years. These are people in locations where this kind of technical work would never previously have been done. But now with the technology and with the costs being typically lower in these other locations, it's far more common for them now to have many of the better technical skills than the people in the developed world simply because they've been keeping their skills current and they've been refining and honing those skills as time has gone along. So looking to the future, what sorts of skills will you need and will we need? Um, So my prediction, I guess, over the next few years, there's going to be some stabilisation. The scale of the project has backed away from where it used to be, so we're now doing slightly smaller projects. The projects are fewer. The projects are also a lot more budget conscious than they had been for a long, long time. So you're seeing now where organisations are a lot more aware of what it costs them to do the work rather than they're focusing on the schedule. And those sorts of factors are pushing organisations increasingly to look for the most cost-effective place to do their work. So they're increasingly saying, right, okay, we're going to send more and more and more of our work to these remote locations, which are less expensive. Um, And we will then need to manage the efficiencies and effectiveness and productivity in those locations effectively 
so that we can make sure that we're getting the cost effectiveness value back into our business. So what this means then is that the the hub, if you like, the, the home office skills have changed enormously. You go back 30 years and the home office was where all the technical experts were. It was where the project management experts were. It was where the whole job was done and run from. As time has went by, we went through a phase where all those experts were still home office based. But then you had large teams of good technical people in other locations. Now we're moving towards the point where some of those technical experts are also based in the remote locations and the home office itself, the office close to the client or the office close to the project, the skills that they have there are becoming less of a deciding factor on the project itself than the skills in the remote centres. So you'll see that while then the people in the remote centres will continue to build their skills, they'll continue to be better technical people the people in the home offices will often find that their technical skills are something that's a, um, an entry requirement it's something they need to get in to do the work but it's actually not something they use a lot on their day-to-day work so the so the skills that those people in the home office will then need will be yes still the entry level or the base level technical skills plus whatever experience they've built up particularly from the local environment on top of that they will also need to be exceptional communicators they'll be have to be able to communicate both outwardly with their client um, up down left and right with their local co-located colleagues but also particularly importantly they'll be able they will need to be very very good at communicating to the people who are located in other places So they need to be exceptionally good at dealing with people who they can't see to understand that those people are doing the work they need in the right time frames that they need them and they're going to get the outcomes that they need when they want them. The people in the remote offices skills, they are going to need more and more of the technical skills because they are going to find themselves taking on an increasing burden of the technical work. So the technical work will be increasingly important for them then within those offices, because they will be relatively large, they'll need technical people who are also exceptionally good communicators, but not everybody will need to be like that. They'll need core people whose role it is to interface with the home office to make sure, and then those people will then be responsible for communicating the directions from the home office out into the rest of the team. So there'll be, there'll be key people in there who will have to manage those things. You go back to the home office again, or at least wherever the project is being managed and run from, there will be a requirement, an increasing requirement in there for better and better project management skills, and particularly project management in complex projects. And uh, that is is a newer field where where really our knowledge generally across the whole industry and across across most of the workforce is, is still pretty low. So we're going to need to become better at managing those the the challenges that contribute to making projects complex. So these are things like doing work with teams that you can't see, doing work with cultures that you don't necessarily you aren't necessarily familiar with, doing larger work, doing work where you've got where the work itself is more complex in a technical nature, so where you've got increasingly large and complicated projects that you're working on. So there's a need then within these teams 
to be better and better at, at doing the things which fundamentally are what is regarded as complex project management and doing them well. Um, and those are some of the new future skills that people are going to need. So they're going to need, everybody will still need their entry-level base technical skills. Everybody then who stays in a technical space will need the experience that they can build up over the years to become better and better at what they do. The home office people will need the local environmental knowledge of what's going on. The remote office people will need to become domain experts. Some people in the remote offices will also need to be exceptionally good communicators because that will become almost their entire job communicating both with their located co-located colleagues and with their remote colleagues and then the home office people most of those will need to become if they aren't already exceptionally good communicators because so much of their day-to-day -day work is going to be revolving around getting the message out getting that message out to all of their remote offices so that the work gets done properly and then on top of that the people managing all of these projects will need to move from being good project managers to very good complex project managers. They'll need to add an extra layer, an extra tier of skills to the work that they do so that they can understand and manage and control the complexity that's inherent in these large, new, dynamic project environments that they're working in. So an interesting and, as I say on the, on the article, a brave new world. Um, some really interesting new challenges out there, lots of new things for people to learn to keep themselves, hopefully to keep themselves employed into the future. So hopefully this has been an interesting podcast and an interesting article for uh, for all of you. Um, if you have enjoyed it, then please do recommend us on iTunes and pass the word along to your friends and colleagues. If you've got some views or some thoughts or um, any comments you'd like to make on this article or on the podcast, um, then please do pop on over to the Old Fire website, that's www.oldfire.com.au. Um, you'll find a comment section on every one of our posts, and there's also communications contact us piece on the pages themselves as well, so you can, you can drop me a line, and uh, I'd love to hear from you on any thoughts you may have on any of this, any challenges that you've faced yourself, any solutions, any views or questions you may have over the future. Um, if you have enjoyed it as well, then please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, if you're not already a subscriber and you'd like to be, sign up for the podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And of course, if you're interested, sign up for our newsletter as well, which there are sign-up pages on all over the website. Um, so I've certainly enjoyed this particular one and I uh, hope you have. I very much look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. Thank you. Thank you.